Homeland Field Division Podcast. Hey, welcome to Homeland Field Division Podcast, episode 22 of the podcast. Today we are halfway through season four with episode six entitled From A to B and Back Again. The episode was written by Chip Johansson and directed by Leslie Linka Glatter. And <laughs> I don't know if there's any other way to put it than the way Quinn put it. Holy fuck. This was an incredibly moving episode in terms of the way now all the stakes are just so much higher. I thought the stakes were going to be high with Saul, you know, being held captive by this guy. But the fact that he's just willing to take out his own nephew with just such coldness, uh and uh, all of the pieces that have led up to this point, all of the pieces uh, have fit together so well. It all came together so well. I, I feel like this is a really strong season so far of the of the show um, on a whole different dynamic level from an operational standpoint that we haven't seen this show do before. And I, I am just stunned. I mean, I literally just turned the episode off just a few minutes ago, and I am stunned by what I saw. A fantastic episode, and there's so much emotional ramification in it, as well as just shocking moments, and wow. So there's your opening obvious statement, right? Let me just do a couple of little bits of housekeeping here before we continue. First of all, Homeland Field Division dot wordpress.com that's your one-stop shop for all things homeland field division podcast including the email address which is homeland field division podcast at gmail.com and the twitter which is at homeland field as well as how you can subscribe on itunes where you can find the itunes store page and i would love it if you would please take a moment to leave me a review on itunes if that's how you're listening to the show Good or bad, I don't require it be a five-star review. Just let me know what you're thinking about how I present the material to you from week to week. And that way, uh, if there's need for improvement of the show, then I can I can work on that. Okay, let's get into this episode. Once again, uh, from A to B and back again, Chip Johansson, Leslie Linka, Gladder. Whew. It's really hard not to just talk about the end of the episode because that was so powerful. Not just what happened to I.N., uh, which was terrible, naturally, but wh- wh- how that affected Carrie and not just how it affected her because of his death, but before his death when he had made the phone call and, of course, the whole operations room overheard that. Does she have any weight at all? Uh, and where is Carrie now? You know, she slid everything off the desk, but she was willing to take Saul out in order to take this guy out. And was that about <laughs> being operationally correct or was that purely emotional? Was that the bipolar thing coming out of her even being willing to sacrifice Saul? Do you think about that? Willing to sacrifice Saul and Quinn kind of shakes her out of it. 
but oh my goodness, she was just livid just to take the guy out after Ian got shot. I guess understandably so, because this was her gamble. She's got a personal stake in this, not really in terms of love or anything like that, I don't think, but she did have a personal stake in it in terms of this kind of outlays her whole notion of operation for this thing. And I really like under CIA guy. I can never remember his name, but the guy that was kind of up against her at the beginning of the series and the way he told her before all of this happened, before they found out even that Saul had been captured was that he thought that she was doing the, the right thing more or less that they had a they had a guy that they thought was dead that she was able to prove wasn't dead in their sights so i don't know where does this put carrie now i mean part of you is glad to see that at least they know there's a target although now with that three-way split i guess they don't know which way it went, and Quinn froze up there. That's something I don't understand. How could they not keep track of the cars? Was it because they were in the trees for a little while? I guess they couldn't figure out which order they were. But it seems awfully convenient that that kind of thing happens, right? Well, convenient for the story, anyway. Yeah, but where do you fall on this? Should they have taken the kill shot anyway? Should they have sacrificed Saul? It was Carrie just out of her mind. Was Quinn the same one? Or did Quinn overreact because he saw it as yet another death on his hands of an innocent? Remember, Quinn is very affected by what happened to that kid in Caracas. That was one of the things that kind of tipped him over. And then he's got these feelings for Carrie. And you would think that that's sanity speaking in terms of trying to get Carrie not to make that kill order or to get that kill order to go through. But is he overreacting too much the other way? Here's another thought. How will Farah react to the fact that Ian has been killed? She's going to be extraordinarily mad because she was mad at Carrie for, of course, doing what she did with Ian. On the other hand, is Carrie going to be super mad at Farah because Farah didn't clean up properly? And that's what allowed Ambassador Husband to get the information to the ISI, which got the information to our terrorist, which ended up getting IN killed. I mean, there are so many people at fault here as to why this terrorist is still alive. It's amazing. It's 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 a no-win situation for anybody in terms of escaping blame, for sure. It's a no-win situation, looks like right now, for saving Saul. How are they going to find Saul now? If if they if Quinn froze and couldn't make the decision as to which car to follow, or to follow any of the cars, it seemed like, at, the, at this point in the episode, or at this point of the series, then is all lost? Is this the downfall of Carrie Matheson? I mean... Does this put her back in a cubicle in Washington, D.C. because of this whole debacle? I guess that's a question for another day. And it's, of course, way beyond the the emotion of, of everything that happened because you really like this. 
I and Kid, and I thought maybe they were going to do a reverse Brody thing, where, you know, Brody was bad, and then they made him good, right? I thought maybe they were going to take Ian, who's good, and make him bad. Nah, we'll just kill him. That's, you know, that's the thing that I don't know if anybody was expecting. I was not. I will be the first to admit, I was not expecting that at all and was totally shocked by it. But all of these pieces falling into place, man, all of these pieces all the way back to the first episode that leads to this ISI terrorist connection and is still kind of unclear whether it's the whole ISI or it's just this one woman or maybe a couple of people within the ISI. But nonetheless, it's still the fact that he got that information so quickly. I mean, there's got to be more than just one person involved. It, he, I don't know. You got to be able to relay that information all the way out there somehow. So it, it, there has to be network involvement, which means that there's there's a deeper contingency within the ISI or a, at least a, a quick contact network. If even if this girl from the ISI is is uh, just dumping this information to a contact because, man, by the time I got there, it was over. Oh, man, it was seriously over. And now I guess the story from here out for the rest of the season is going to have, a, have to take some kind of two-pronged approach because, one, there has to be some kind of way to find Saul and rescue him. That's going to be one aspect of it. And two, they've got to deal with this ISI problem. Maybe a third prong will be getting the terrorist, but I kind of lump that into getting Saul. And I don't know if the terrorist is smart, he would distance himself from Saul right away. We'll have to see how smart he is, I guess, in future episodes. But uh, I don't understand why they didn't just kill Saul right there. I guess they, they're going to try and pump him for information or they're trying to pump him for information. He was in bad shape himself. He did, he was very disoriented, and I, I don't know if he'd been beaten or drugged or or just if he was dehydrated, but Saul is in bad shape. And he's not a young guy, so that, that makes a peril for him that much more. Oh, I hate this terrorist. That's just cold. Just flat cold. Although I guess if... You're a, a true terrorist, and and you cling to the ideas of killing innocent people. You would think that family might be a dividing point, but evidently not for this guy. Not at all. Oh, oh, I'm so mad. Oh, I'm angry. I know. I'm just rattling on now, and I'm not going to make this a very long podcast. There's no reason to. I think it's going to take a couple of days for all of us to digest it and to see the context of where it goes next. But the big things are how much blame should be laid where as to why all this happened and how much blame should be laid where as to why this didn't happen or why the mission wasn't completed anyway. And what it's going to be the, the fallout from all of it is I guess where the story is going to take us next. I guess it takes that long in order to find out that Saul didn't make his flight. I figured it would have happened earlier in the episode, 
But nonetheless, uh, that was a great way to, to do the reveal for our characters, was to have Saul be on the screen at the same time that Quinn's coming to present that to Carrie. Great dramatic stuff. Chip Johansson did a great job writing this episode. Leslie Linka Gladder did a fantastic job shooting it. Uh, it didn't require a lot of action. I mean, there was, there's the whole fact that Carrie w- was completely playing Ian the whole time. And that may have been the reason for the, the kill order too, was all the guilt coming to the surface that got him killed too. Because, I mean, staging the CIA thing, playing him to the hilt just so that they could follow him. Although, you know, she was believing in him on the bus when he got stopped. Poor kid. And thought he had gotten over the hump. And there there he was. And then she was ready to make the kill order anyway. Although she was kind of hesitating a little bit when the kid was still alive. But she sure didn't have any problem thinking about sacrificing Saul. As I said, you know, a dozen times in this podcast. I'm just going to end up babbling if I keep going. So... I don't know. I need your help on this particular episode. Uh, right now, I'm just emotionally numb, uh, emotionally drained, not numb, emotionally drained by the whole thing. And, and not again, not just by what happened to Ian itself, but what led up to it. And whew, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting last six episodes. Let's hope that. Uh, every last one of them is as exciting as this episode was. So much tension when you didn't know who that guy was that was following Ian at first and it turned out to be all a CIA ruse and everything was just beautifully done this episode. So, that's it. I'm gonna go. Uh, thanks for listening to me babble for five minutes too long. And my name is Matt Murdick. And thanks for listening once again. Homeland Field Division. .wordpress.com, your one-stop shop for all things feedback and iTunes. Take care. HomelandFieldDivision.wordpress.com